0: Well, as we uh, prepare for our prayer time today, <clears throat> we are going to think about our children at Camp Caney. Uh, I am so glad that Brad asked me to come and be with you this morning because he is with our children. Uh, how many of them do you all know? How many? Are you serious? Brad, tell me if, yeah, did you fish? Did, did you help fish? Okay. Brad told me uh, last week that he had 60 and that he would not be a bit surprised if they didn't fill up with 75 by the end of the week, and so they did. Why we don't have that many children, a second graders through fourth graders, is that 8 through 10, about that time period? That's who Brad has. Do you not think he will be fabulous with them? Are, are, are the twins with him? Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, and when I woke up this morning after all that rain and the sun was shining, I just thought, oh Lord, how good. May you bless those kids as they go into their worship. I've thought about them all weekend. I know they've had a great time. Camps everywhere. So in our prayer time, we're going to remember our children in our camps. Um, But uh, I want us to open our prayer time. Well, I was going to mention our prayer ministry. If you have a prayer request that you would like some prayer warriors to lift every Tuesday morning at 9, there are prayer request cards in the seats in front of you. Uh, You just write it down, and uh, you can leave it on the altar when you go, and we will pick those up and take them up to the prayer room, and, and they stay on our prayer list, which is at the Welcome Center over there uh, for a month, and then they kind of rotate around. So please uh, know that we are a praying church. And uh, for our pastoral prayer this morning, we're going to read the first verse of my message scripture, which is John 6, 35, in unison. So, I am the bread of life. Oh, Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Amen. So let us pray. Well, Lord, your people gather. We come because we hunger for you, for the sustenance that we need to live in this world. We are thirsty for that life-giving water that you offer. And so, as we gather in your name and as your Holy Spirit binds us together in one, know that we, your people, pray. We pray, O Lord, for our country. We pray for the the world, for the leaders of the world, as well as our country, for all of the catastrophes and the wars and the diseases that ravish this place. We pray, O Lord, that you would be in control, that you would bring forward the peacemakers, the ones who judge wisely, that justice may come and peace may reign. We, your people, pray for your church wherever it gathers this day in campgrounds and tent meetings and cathedrals and churches. We pray, O Lord, that we be the light of the world, that we become the beacon um, of hope in a world that seems mired in darkness. We pray especially for the Methodist Church and for whatever your will is in it. Hold it strong in your palms and and let it come through this fiery time intact. We pray for our pastors, especially those that are going to new appointments. We pray for the churches they are leaving and the churches that are receiving them and for this time of, I don't know, transition for our Methodist church. We, your people, pray for the elderly. We pray especially for those who are in nursing homes, that they may be comforted and know that you are present with them, that there are angels watching over them, that they are not alone, we pray for the workers and the staff, that they may look at their opportunity not as a job but as a privilege and a mission. We pray for our young families, Lord, who are at the beginning of a schedule, a summer filled with fun and all the activities, that they may stay safe and that they may slow down enough to enjoy the time and make some memories. We pray for our children, Lord, especially those that are coming to Vacation Bible School, that they may know they are treasured. We pray for Brad and the camp and, and for all that they're doing right now at the closing. May it all bring glory and praise to you, which brings joy to those who are worshiping. <clears throat> so Lord, we are glad to get to come and lift our voices in unison to say you are the bread of life for us, for this church, for our community, for this world, and we are your ambassadors in it. And so we come to be fed feed us, Lord. We, your people, are especially grateful for prayer that connects us to you and binds us together. We thank you especially for the prayer that you gave us that we may pray as one. Our Father, who art in heaven, and the glory forever. Amen and amen. My scripture this morning comes from John 6, but I want to uh, kind of give you a lead into that, just like uh, our children's minister did this morning. Holly did a great job. Um, Fuzzy has already said, you know, Cheryl, she stole your thunder, and I said, well, I'm hoping I can elaborate a little bit. So, Holly did mention that at the beginning of chapter 6 in John, uh, Jesus had just fed the 5,000. A a miracle that they had all witnessed. Uh, The day had grown long, it was getting late, nobody had been fed, and Jesus tells his disciples uh, to feed them. And so what the disciples come up with, as you well know, two fish, five barley loaves. And what they collect, at the end of the meal is 12 baskets full of scraps. So the people had seen that. Bread has already been put on the table for them. That night, Jesus crosses the lake and goes to the other side. And the people still hang around. They wake up the next morning, they see Jesus is on the other side, they wanna join him. And so they find boats, and they get across to the other side, and they clamber up and says, Man, Rabbi, how did you get here? And Jesus takes one look at them, and he says, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. So they had come thinking there might be breakfast over here. You know what, I kind of am in sympathy with the people of that time. I think that they were truly hungry for something, something more than the bread, and they knew that man had it. And so they didn't really understand, he's right, they didn't understand the miraculous signs, and they didn't understand everything that was underneath it all, but they wanted more, they wanted more. And so they sought him out, and they go over. And he says, that, he says to them, um, what is it that you want? They want more, more, more miracles. They want more signs. And they say to him, you know, uh, Moses uh, fed our ancestors in the desert with manna. And Jesus tells them, I tell you the truth. Moses did not give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And now they're even more confused. They say, we want this. Give it to us every day. And Jesus said just exactly what Holly said. You have to have me. It isn't a matter of, you know, I keep remembering the manna, that came during that wilderness. Some of them tried to gather it up and save it and hoard it, and what happened the next day? It's all moldy and no good. You have to have it daily. There has to be bread offered on a regular, daily basis. He says, this isn't something you get in your kitchen and bake. This is something you have living in you, and it's me. Uh, The people had a hard time understanding and they said, you know, this is crazy. Why are you saying you're bread? We know you. You're from Nazareth. You're Joseph's son, the Nazarene. So why are you saying you're bread? And so Jesus tells them to stop complaining about all of it. I'm going to switch right down to verse 47. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes... Has eternal life. Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever, for this bread which I will offer so the world may live, is my flesh. This is the word of God this day for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, I taught English for many years, and one of my favorite things to do in the English classroom was poetry. Now that was not the favorite of everybody, but uh, I like to make it a, a, a fun thing so that uh, even some of the grumpier students would join in. I'm gonna talk about a little bit about poetry today because poetry di- digs deeper than the literal. It isn't what is on the face. Poetry is the hidden truth in the words. And so here we have Jesus using a metaphor. Now the difference between a metaphor, this is the teacher in me, the difference between a metaphor and a simile is that the simile uses the word as or like when they're making the comparison. So this is what you say. Jackie is like a bear when he's on a diet. Or you could say, she's as cuddly as a lamb when she's wanting something Well, but if you say Jackie is a bear when he's on a diet, you got a whole different picture of that. Or she is a lamb when she's wanting something. So when Jesus said, I am the bread, he didn't say I'm like bread. He said, I am the bread. What makes this even deeper and stronger is that i am phrase because you know that is how god introduced himself to moses when moses says who shall i say sent me these people aren't going to just listen to me and what did god say tell them i am sent you the great i am jesus takes these i am sayings into the New Testament. I am the vine. I am the way. I am the gate. I am the bread of life. He's trying to explain to us, (laughs) in figurative language, who he is. Not just to look at the literal son of Joseph come from Nazareth, but the spiritual the being that has come from heaven, sent from God, the Son of God. So, he says, I am the bread of life. Why did he choose bread? Other than the fact that the bread was already on the table, they've already talked about the manna and the loaves of bread. Um, He chooses bread, and I liked what what Holly did with all the varieties of bread. Bread has a lot of uh, uh, adjectives that we could use to it. Um, I will tell you, one of the first things I think about is that bread is a staple in every diet, in every culture, in every age on the face of the earth. Bread has always been a basic ingredient in our lives it's foundational i mean there was a time not too long ago when you had a meal whether it was breakfast lunch or dinner if you had a meal bread had to be on the table it was just essential Uh, not quite so anymore with all these keto diets and everybody trying to count carbs and do without gluten and i mean you know we've gotten so complex we can't just have a good hunk of bread every now and then. But bread has always been foundational. So what is Jesus saying? I am the basic ingredient in life. I am the foundation of your life, of everything you have or everything you are. Okay. She also talked about how good it was to eat and how full it made you. It appeals to all five senses. If you have bed bed breaking, if you have bread baking, you've got this wonderful aroma that drifts outside the kitchen, outside the house, into, uh, well, if you've got a a bread factory, in a city, it's in the neighborhood. So the aroma of bread is a a very fulfilling uh, thing. Uh, You smell it when it's cornbread, wheat bread, cinnamon bread, all a little bit different, all just as satisfying and comforting. So yes, bread gives us a fullness of life. It appeals to Uh, I love that hard crusty bread. We eat it with gumbo. It's got a hard crust on the outside and then the inside's all soft. Uh, As a matter of fact, the grandkids sometimes pick it out and roll it in a little ball and mash it together. Yes, and eat it that way. So you've got this touch, this taste. This vision when you walk in a bakery shop, all the breads and the pastries that are displayed in front of you, it just gives you a sense of wellness, a a sense of goodness. This This is gonna work. So why did he say, I am the bread of life? There you have it. I think about World Communion Sunday we have every kind of loaf of bread there is out on the altar on World Communion Sunday. We have French bread. We have tortillas. We have pita bread. We have dark rye and pumpernickel. Um, every kind. Of course, there's always that nice white sliced loaf everybody uses every day. The variety of breads um, go the gamut. Um, As a matter of fact, we use bread in about everything. You you make dressing out of bread, casseroles out of bread, puddings and stuffings. Um, The bread that is on the altar this morning is actually decorative. It's been uh, (laughs) caramelized. I can't think of what we used to call it. But it's hard bread. So it's it's a decoration. The variety of things that you can do with bread, Um, what is Jesus saying? How far can we reach? How many experiences can we have? What kind of a variety of life will we have if we have Jesus as the bread of life? Now. I wrote a little thing here some time back. I said, we can have all sorts of lives. Our life can be flat and packy, puffed up and full, cream-filled, sugar-free. Every kind of life imaginable can all be summed up in bread. And so Jesus says, I am the bread of life. So poetry happens when someone moves beyond the literal, objective observation and tells us something that reaches deep within us, that changes us. The poet and the reader or the listener connect at some core level, and that's what Jesus is doing here. He's wanting us to go beyond what we see and feel inside what he's trying to get over to us, how important he is in our life. Jesus has instructed us to feed on him, to take him in so we may know the fullness of life. So let us pray. You know, Lord, we don't always understand what you're trying to say to us but sometimes it becomes crystal clear that you want to be our everything, our foundation and our wings. You give us an anchor and then you let us fly. You fill us up that we might fill others. And so make us a conduit of your goodness. Feed us that we may feed others. In your name we pray, amen.